I'm really into like like I was saying earlier, archetypes. And I think that there are archetypes in the tarot and there are archetypes in the Bible or any different religion that speak to a bigger universal truth. And so I mm-hmm. kind of respect that. I feel like everybody has some sort of, um, I think there's like a universal connection between everyone and everything, whether that's um, God in the Bible or it's um uh, Old Testament God, Yahweh, or it's Krishna, or whatever you believe. I try to think about that, but I think tarot, I don't get to like, oh, this is like fortune telling. It's going to tell me my future. Life is a trip. No matter where you've been or where you're going, you might have more in common with someone on the other side of the world than you think. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Life's a Trip podcast. I'm super excited today to introduce you to my friend, Brooke, and talk about a couple of things like travel and self-improvement. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brooke? Thank you, Giovanna. Um, I'm Brooke, Brooke Seipel. I work as a political news journalist, mostly in the social media department for The Hill. Um, But I'm also an avid traveler, been around a little bit and uh yeah just kind of like anyone else just trying to self-improve live my best life um and always working toward balance which is sort of the never-ending struggle of obtaining what's your struggle like right now with balance like what are you balancing in your life currently yeah uh mostly work relationship uh friends family and exercising and like spiritual mental health it feels like you know a lot of people are doing it but it's just kind of a lot um especially right now with coronavirus news is super busy so trying to balance being available for people at work with being able to say no which is something i'm horrible at doing (laughs) but being able to say no to things will also um you know, FaceTiming people, staying in touch, making myself go on a run, doing yoga, different things to just take care of myself. But mm-hmm. yeah, kind of the norm. It's it's weirdly hard, though. You'd think that being inside means you have all this time, but so much of it is just like tiring or hard to make yourself always do something. Yeah, for sure. And like, what do you usually do? Um, what did you do before this whole situation for yoga? And like, what are you doing now to like keep up with that? Yeah. So before I had this really nice ritual of like waking up early Sunday mornings and I'd go to the 830 class at the yoga studio near me called Kava. And I'd also usually go once a week and then maybe I'd do some like a little bit at home. And then I was doing a boxing cycling class, which was super fun. So it's like half an hour of boxing and half an hour of cycling. But now obviously I can't go to any of that stuff. Um, So trying to run like on my lunch breaks or do yoga. Like I woke up this morning at six uh, and made myself do some yoga. I say make myself do it, but like once I'm doing it, I always appreciate it. Just sometimes hard to get started. So yeah my work routine really hasn't changed at all. And I worked from home. So that's not super different. But I think it's just knowing you can't go out makes everything so much more different. And I also yeah, definitely 
I can't really unplug from the bad news since it's my job. <laughs> so I know that's so hard. <laughs> but trying to maintain like positivity and know that the news is really trying to just help. And like, yeah, some numbers are scary, but it's all like, you know, just a warning and trying to not get too anxious about it either. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was really cool last year when we got to meet up um, here in Germany and you came over to visit. And that was also, I think, a great trip for you. Was that your first solo trip that you did? or? Yeah, I would say it's my first solo trip I did. Uh, mm-hmm. I studied abroad and, you know, there was some solo travel within that. But usually I was okay. still meeting up with someone somewhere um, mm-hmm. and, or like, once I went to see my ex when he was getting his master's in London and I like flew there by myself, but I was always meeting up with someone. So when I decided to travel, also, I guess it wasn't last year anymore. It's 2018. Oh shoot. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, but (laughs) I forgot. I I didn't even think about it at first. Yeah. It just, yeah. It went by so fast for me, honestly, living here. It's almost been two years for me. So I'm like thinking like last time we saw each other was super recent, but yeah, it's been a while. I know time creeps up. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that was my first real solo travel and it was a lot of it, but I really enjoyed it. And when, you know, when you're doing something and you're kind of like, okay, it's a plan, but it doesn't really sink in for a bit even until you're doing it I'm sure you felt that we're moving to Germany Um, yeah and I've done some solo travel as well when I went to Australia and it just I I think it's like 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 what you just said it goes by so quickly that you're just you lose track of time and you're just going day by day kind of like we are right now with the situation and it's like you just it's almost like survival you know you just like do what you can that day and like jump into these adventures which I think is really exciting like what were some of the things that you you were excited about and some struggles you had as you were doing that yeah I mean I was really excited to see how I did on my own because I hadn't really been full-on solo before and obviously it was like excited I was so excited and to see all the places um (laughs) just obviously uh but I think I was anxious about, I mean, I don't know, I get anxious about everything. (laughs) So I was a little nervous that like, you know, something could go really wrong or I'd get stuck somewhere or something. Like what if I lost my passport and ended up in a bind? But Mm -hmm. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I think I almost do better with my anxiety when I'm by myself because the expectations of everyone else fades away and all I can really do is like, well, I'm here by myself. I don't have anyone to like hold me back or tell me what to do. If I want to pop mm-hmm. into the shop, I can do this. If I want to do this, I can. If I start to feel anxious, I can honor that and go back to my hostel or wherever I feel safe. And I think that was a, a kind of pleasant surprise for me is that I actually mm-hmm. do better with my anxiety traveling solo. Um, and I, yeah. I, I really didn't think I was going to make friends or meet people not that I'm like not a pleasant person to be around but I was just like oh you know I didn't have any expectations for that but I was so happy that so many people were so open and like willing to just go explore with you at hostels and that was really exciting 
Yeah, definitely. That's one of the things I like the most about being in a hostel was like actually realizing people are nicer than you think and they actually <laughs> want to like do stuff with you. And I think that's um something a lot of women who are solo travelers are kind of skeptical about because they're like, oh, a hostel, you know, I'm going to get violated or something like. But yeah. actually, if you, you know, as long as you're careful about where you're staying as well and just, you know, check reviews, but also like maybe stay in an all female room if you're upset about something like that happening. Um, that can be an option to take. But basically, I, I realized even when I stayed in a mixed gender room, it was like it was completely fine. People are kind of just, you know, on the same page. We're, we're all trying to like get through it and, and have our fun trip. And we're alone sometimes. And yeah, but but there's that sense of trust, I guess, and like respect. So yeah, that's what I really oh, like. Definitely. And I try to take those precautions, too. That's really all you can do. You kind of realize it applies to everyday life, too. Like, all you can do is take the necessary precautions, be smart, and uh, just kind of do your best. But, yeah, I was I loved that about traveling. In Croatia, it was really funny. There was actually a group of, like, three 70-something-year-old British women who were all there together. So I think it's also Aww. funny that, like, the stereotype of only young people traveling or, like, um, like who can travel and who's safe alone or who's safe uh, in hostels or what's most comfortable just like kind of goes out the window. Like anyone can do anything. You meet such interesting people. They were, they were the cutest. They were like, we're going to go kayaking. And then they went (laughs) on like all these different tours. They were up every day before I was like ready to go out and explore. And it's just like travels for everybody. And you Mm -hmm. meet really fun people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's really cool. And what was like your favorite part of that whole trip, your favorite country or whatever you got to do? That's so hard. Um, (laughs) I think one of my favorite parts was getting to like see all these places I wanted to see. I'm super into Greek mythology. So all of the like Greek stuff I did, Crete and Athens was really fun. Um, Mm -hmm. I loved Italy, but I think just the whole experience kind of made me feel stronger as a person. And I think Mm -hmm. that was like maybe my favorite takeaway from it was like, oh, I can do this. And I think I would really encourage anybody else to do it. Like, I don't know. It's I know you've said this is like people are like, oh, wow, you're so brave. You don't feel brave when you're doing it. It's like, yeah, for sure. (laughs) You're like, okay, I just, I'm trying. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) But I think there's something beautiful in that. Like maybe that's just what bravery is. It's just getting up and going for it. I tell myself now I'm solo traveling through life. Not that I'm alone, but like, you know, (laughs) I just need to treat my whole life like a solo travel trip. And yeah, you know, that's a great perspective to have. I think it's important, especially with like what you said, balancing like work and life and trying to have your hobbies and, you know, just trying to stay sane through it all, especially right now. And especially with your career that, you know, you're involved with the news. So it's tough for sure. And yeah. yeah. And speaking of your hobbies, I noticed you've been posting a lot of your poetry on Instagram lately. How is that going? Um, it's fine. Okay. I go through like it ebbs and flows. And mm-hmm. I think I do better writing when I'm actually like working on myself. I feel like the myth of the tortured artist does not work for me. <laughs> so um, I think having a little bit more downtime where I'm like, oh, I'm at home anyway. I can like 
make myself write has helped, but I feel like writing is a, a really therapeutic way for me to process things I'm going through. And I, I love um, archetypes and archetypal themes. So getting to like use those as a way to process what I'm going through mm-hmm. or what anyone else might be going through is just like a fun way for me to experiment with language. And it's a lot different than the work I do regularly. Uh, which is much less creative. Not that there isn't ways to be creative within journalism. It's much more, uh, much more like clinical to be doing journalism than poetry. But yeah, there's like a method for sure. Yeah, but I just I really like it, and I feel like um, over the last year, even I've just immersed myself in that world of like. There's so many people on Instagram who are like really cool therapists or really cool artists. And this mm-hmm. idea of living like a more holistic lifestyle and creating things for yourself is a way of processing through that. And, you know, I feel like every year we're like, oh, man, we're glad that year's over. It was so crazy. And then the next year's even crazier. So, like, yeah, yeah during these times, it's been uh, it's been a helpful outlet. And it's really nice. Like, I, I submit stuff when I can. And sometimes, like. You know, you get rejection letters and it's like, yeah, that's a bummer, but I don't yeah, know. I still keep doing it. Like, I mean, not? yeah, if you're passionate about it, like that's great. And it's, I think it's really like what you said, I've, I've worked in um, social media and marketing for so long and it's really hard to like actually find what you like in it anymore after mm-hmm. you've done it for so long. And, and now like re- recently I was working, you know, doing website publishing, not necessarily as simple as WordPress, but it was like, you know, it just makes you kind of like, I'm not sure people say like, it should make you more motivated to be a writer, for example, or to be like on mm-hmm. social media to like work on your blog, like I should be doing that or whatever. But it is like you have this sense of guilt and and then you also like are tired and so yeah. you get like writer's block and all these it's like a like a spiral so yeah. that's really great that you've managed to keep up with it because um even for me with like YouTube and this podcast and my blog it's hard to like actually break out of that and yeah. so um yeah I'm curious like how you get through that like when you go through these times of of writer's block or creative blocks you know yeah I really, I read last year, early last year, I read um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I kind of go back to some of the themes or things that she talks about in that book, which is like, I think we have such a like capitalistic view of creating and how it has to be productive and you have to get something out of it. Um, Or, you know, if you sit down and write something and don't finish it, or it doesn't turn out good, like it, you have failed. But mm-hmm. trying to approach it through, like, this is something I want to have, like, a relationship with is my creativity. And sometimes it's going to be bad. And I'm not going to want to share anything I write. But other times it's worth just, it's just worth still doing it. And there's one thing she talks about, like, well, she talks about a lot of stuff. But <laughs> she talks about kind of having to sit down and, dismiss any expectation of like thinking oh I'm not smart enough to write or I'm not x enough to do y uh and expecting money out of it or putting all this pressure on it kind of makes it hard to write so I try to strip that away and just like I am just doing this because it's what I want to do and it's fun 
and removing that expectation. But also she talks about one way to keep it from like getting dull is to view it as like your secret affair. It's like, I'm going to sneak away and write for 30 minutes and uh-huh. the secret thing I do <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. my passion affair with creativity or um, it's kind of how she playfully talks about it. But I think there's a truth to that, like being yeah. able to just put a twist on it and make it fun and find different ways to approach it. And sometimes I use tarot to like j- delve into something too. Yeah, that's super cool. Is that kind of part of your spirituality or how would you describe your spirituality personally? Ooh, that's a really good question. I feel like it's a little all over the place. Um, <laughs> like I obviously like grew up Christian and I feel like I still believe a lot of that, but I'm really into like, like I was saying earlier, archetypes. And I think that there are archetypes in the tarot and there are archetypes in the Bible or any different religion that speak to a bigger universal truth. And so I Mm -hmm. kind of respect that. I feel like everybody has some sort of, um, I think there's like a universal connection between everyone and everything, whether that's um, God in the Bible or it's uh, Old Testament God, Yahweh, or it's Krishna or whatever you believe. I try to think about that but I think tarot I don't get too like oh this is like fortune telling it's gonna tell me my future (laughs) well a lot of people are skeptical about that you know like my boyfriend as well because I have some I have a tarot deck as well or it's not really like exactly like that it's called animal messengers and it's like just a an animal symbol yeah it's really cool I I love it but it's also funny when you see people's reaction and especially from your background like you mentioned because I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people can be very conservative Christian and they're like okay that's like witchy or something you know like you don't want to bring it up for some people so so yeah it can be difficult yeah I feel like I've learned because I mean I went to a Christian college so now I have have friends who I have to explain it to a little bit but I think they're just like every card holds a truth and it's like a little mini therapy like this morning Mm -hmm. I pulled um the devil actually (laughs) (laughs) But the devil is, like, about routines and, like, oppression and, like, your mental health and how you fall into mental patterns that are oppressive or um, things that are addictive. Like, you know, your thoughts can be addictive. Substances can be addictive. Anxiety in a way can be addictive. It, like, feeds itself. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, the way that kind of, like, popped up this morning felt like oh yeah like it's always a sign that you're on the right track which is a beautiful thing so I think it just speaks to like I've been doing a lot of gratitudes this week the past couple weeks and like trying to sit with feeling really uncomfortable in the middle of everything that's going on and kind of being stressful and sometimes being angry and then trying to just work through it and allow myself to feel certain things and know they're not true so I feel like the devil popped up to be like you're working out um you're rooting out like whatever the devils are in your life in a way so yeah and everyone interprets it as their own which I love about the whole tarot thing you know everybody can have their own sort of spin on it depending on their life circumstance and it's not all like set in stone either so it's pretty cool to have that yeah I like 
I think that's really cool. And I really mm-hmm. like Lindsay Mack. Her, she does trauma-informed tarot, and I'm probably not explaining the devil as well as she would, but uh, I feel like sometimes, like, a lot of the words or cards are really triggering, and, like, like anything spiritual, like, sometimes you hear something and it sets you off because you feel like it's not, it doesn't apply to everybody. Um, mm-hmm. and I love that she tries to make it really inclusive and not something that um, isolates any religion or ideology and is really just about kind of like an archetypal idea or a spiritual idea of, oh, like, you know, what does this mean and how is that medicine for me to take care of myself? Yeah. Can you define archetype as well for anyone who doesn't know what that means? Yeah. So like an archetype is, I would describe it as like a story or a, just something that holds true. It's mm-hmm. um, a character or a story that you can see goes back in time and throughout different literature. I mean, if you have an example as well of one that you really have have looked at lately. Yeah. I mean, like one archetype. I mean, well, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, her whole book, Woman Who Run With the Wolves, is about the wild woman archetype. So mm-hmm. the idea of like woman as a wild creature and how that manifests through literature would be like Baba Yaga is like a character in um, more Eastern lore, like Russia or even like Slavic areas or mm-hmm. you know, Persephone is, um, similar to Isis or like other deities and other mythologies and cultures. And that's like this archetype of woman being, um, kind of like a more mother earth nature, but like in the more death focused, aspects of womanhood so there's like all these different types of archetypes like yeah um, maiden mother crone um there are archetypal colors like it's just kind of the thing you ascribe to something so you know like blue is a color that's noble that's an archetype Mm -hmm. um green can be related to like money or like grendel in uh beowulf is green and that like relates to oh he's like a bad guy and you kind of mm-hmm. play out and sometimes it changes it's kind of cultural but yeah it all boils down though to something that is a universal truth is the idea of it I think it's cool to know all that and how it overlaps as well it's super interesting because I mean I didn't I forgot about that I know we had like our <laughs> literature <laughs> classes together and we definitely covered that stuff but I've gone a different route and so it's cool to hear that you know you retain all that information and you, you know you also yeah. are passionate about it and everything so yeah I'm curious like how how you're going to incorporate like this passion for literature into your future career like do you see yourself staying in this area of journalism or What's something you would like to pursue? I don't really know. I feel really lost right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> Anybody know what they want to do? Um, I Sometimes I think, you know, if I was able to create or carve out an area for myself mm-hmm. in journalism that I was passionate about, um, I could see myself staying there. But I also feel kind of jaded with news lately. Not so much that 
industry itself so much as like just being in it all the time Mm -hmm. and um I I would love to keep writing um but I don't want to put too much pressure on it to be like my main form of income so I think that's something I just want to keep doing for myself I think everyone um I, I feel like it's a real luxury to have like a dream job and so I'm really aware of the fact you know I'm really lucky to still have a job and be working right now and if I mm-hmm. can carve out room to chase passions on the side I want to keep doing that um I have this weird business idea right now that I'm <laughs> totally not journalism related or anything no oh, cool um, tell me about it <laughs> um, it's gonna sound really crazy but I'm I'm like seriously considering signing up um I guess tomorrow is when the signups are but I kind of and it's also a horrible time to be doing this but I kind of want to go into real estate um living in LA I feel like I don't know I've never been uh, super interested into the idea of real estate before I feel like I'm really good at like working with people and doing some kind of like sales type people oriented work based Mm -hmm. on like other jobs I've had I I worked at a call center for a while which is um for like getting money for my university which was really fun by fun Mm -hmm. I mean not um (laughs) and so I kind of like the idea of using my business side which I've always kind of had I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit um and like grind attitude and I love planning things but I also really love tarot and spiritual things and like holistic approaches to life and I think that there's maybe a, a space for that in LA at least or like the surrounding areas to have your realtor be someone who's like actually looking out for you and someone who like will sit there and like go through your buying process with like tarot and crystals and um oracle cards and like really listening and hearing someone out and having like someone come to a really really stressful experience in most people's lives knowing like they're going to be holding space for you and actually looking out for your best interests and trying to keep really good like mental health um, and spiritual health practices in the home buying process. Plus yeah. I think people want their homes to be a sacred space. So like how can um, someone actually be looking out for something that's sacred? And I have an idea of like partnering with people who, you know, are experts in like feng shui or energy and, different things I feel like there's so many people into that here that yeah definitely you have the right market (laughs) I think there's a market for it but I also just feel like it'd be something I really enjoy because I really care about other people and I like there's this part of me that's thought about like oh what I like want to work that's like therapy but I feel like you know I'd have to go back to school and I don't know that's exactly what I want to do but I've been Mm -hmm. doing thorough readings for people and things like that and I feel like if I could learn more and like become more of an expert in that realm and apply it to an area that sort of lacks that and is like very capitalistic and very hustle, maybe there's like a balance where it could become an experience people enjoy. I mean, it sounds epic. Like, I think that's really cool because, you know, you seem like an empath as well who just, you know, is sensitive to the room and to energies 
which I think I am as well. I feel like a lot of people with anxiety are like this. <laughs> it sucks, but it's also, you know, a hidden gift. That's kind of how I like to think of anxiety. It's like, you know, it's a double-edged sword where it does help you survive, but it also kind of ruins your life in a lot of ways. But it's cool because it does, it makes you hypersensitive, you know, and that's really cool that you can, you know, bring that into what your career goals will be. And I do think, I think it's ridiculous that people like are assuming that whatever you study has to be your career, you know, because that's not the case for a lot of us. Like I studied anthropology and communications and I've morphed that into what I can make of it. And I think it's, you don't even have to go to school actually as well to to have your dream career. Like you can take your life experiences to Mm -hmm. actually get into that, whatever role you want. So I think that's really interesting. Like, where did you get that inspiration from for like real estate specifically? Well, this is funny. I've been like looking through and considering things I'd be good at. And um, I did this like, actually I did it over a year ago. I did this like an astrology, like birth chart reading for careers mm-hmm. and everything they listed in it was like, so I'm a Capricorn sun, Aries moon. And that's like very cardinal and very like business and driven. And I feel like I have a part of that side, but it's like stereotypically very like the negative connotations that it's maybe like soulless or just like all about money and stuff. And so I I got that this reading back and was really disappointed. Like I'm like, none of this stuff, like, like I get, I agree. Like I might be good at some of these things, but it doesn't have any soul to it. And Mm -hmm. um, I set it aside. And then I love looking at Zillow I love (laughs) Uh, like HGTV and stuff. And I know that doesn't make me qualified by any means, but uh, I was just, I just kind of came to me one day. I don't know why, like I was thinking like that stuff. And then I I do tarot and all those things all the time. And I was like, that would be interesting. And like, where can you inject um, those things into everyday life in a way that makes them feel a little bit more sacred or a little bit more special and just kind of it literally just came to me one morning I was sitting on my balcony and it was maybe like a month or two ago and I've been toying with the idea since and right now my idea is I'm just going to take a community college class online and see if I actually like the principles of it Mm. Um, and if I end up hating it then it's like okay well then maybe this is a great idea out in the ether and a muse will whisper it into someone who's more qualified than I am <laughs> and they'll chase it and it'll be their idea. That's great. But um, I'm kind of just chasing it to see uh, what happens next. But I don't know. It's kind of fun to just not, I, I, I get so anxious about not knowing. And then I know if I knew exactly how my life played out, I'd be so bored. exactly and I think these like twists and turns that our like mind brings to us or the universe sends to us like it was really exciting because I mean otherwise you'd just say yeah I got this job this is what I have to do forever like I have to just be a journalist and that's not the case like you can do anything you want especially you know and when we're privileged in certain countries where there Mm -hmm. are those options or you have like the financial means and that's what's really cool yeah yeah And it's interesting, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this in her book, Big Magic, that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. She's talking about how she had an idea for this book, and she started writing it and doing all the research and stuff in her personal life changed, and she couldn't write it anymore. And like a year or two years later, she met this other author, and she's talking to this other author about the book, and her book is 
like shockingly similar to what she would have written. And she wasn't upset about it, but you kind of hear that with like, oh my God, I had this idea and then I, a company made it, you know? I think, yeah, wow. I think ideas do kind of have their own like life. And if something's meant to happen, someone will bring it into fruition. And so that's kind of the fun thing when you do have an idea, like you can chase it and be like, maybe this idea wants to come to life through me. And if it doesn't work out, like maybe like just know in a fun way and not in a disappointed way, like the idea will make itself happen. However, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever thought about writing a book? I have, but I have no idea what I would write a book about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When I was little, I like used to write books when I was a kid. Um, I wrote this one that I thought my mom loved, but it turned out she just loved the name, which was called the day I blew my brains out. Um, I was seven when I wrote it, but it was about blowing your nose and your brain coming out. And my mom thought it was really funny that it had such a dark name, but no, it was just about a little kid. Uh, I used to write a lot though. I'm always wanting to be a writer, but I don't know. I'll, I'll write if it like comes to me, but I don't have an idea or anything right now. So it looks like that's all we have time for today. Let's go ahead and go into the closing question, Brooke. Uh, We always have a closing question at the end of each episode. So I'm just going to ask you a random question. Try not to overthink it and just answer whatever comes to mind. Which famous person, dead or alive, would you most want to be quarantined with right now? Ooh, uh, um, dead or alive, would I most want to be quarantined with? My initial thought was Joan Didion. She's an author, and I really like her stuff. But she's also old, so I wouldn't want to give her <laughs> coronavirus if I had it. So maybe not. <laughs> okay. Trying to be uh, careful about quarantine. But, yeah, she'd be, my, she'd be my first choice, and I'd want to pick her brain about her writing um, and maybe try through osmosis or something to, like, steal any of her abilities at writing. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Do you have a book recommendation from her that you could throw out as well? Yeah, Slouching Toward Bethlehem is probably one of her, um, well, a lot of her books are well known, but one of my favorites is like a collection of nonfiction stories that kind of capture the era of like 60s, 70s, California and different places too, but that's a good one. Yeah, but that'd be a fun quarantine. Wait, what's your answer? Oh, my answer? I don't know. I didn't even think about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you already have I always go. <laughs> yeah, I have, for- I have Florian. I'm with my boyfriend in quarantine right now. But I think if we could have someone else, probably Frida Kahlo, because that's, like, someone my mom loves, and I'm also obsessed with her. So <laughs> it would be cool. <laughs> have a little more creativity. Yeah. <laughs> I also finally but watched yeah, Coco, and I love her. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's a good one. Do you have the Disney thing? What is that called? The Disney TV thing? Yeah, my roommates do. So we film like the main TV. So. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool, Brooke. Thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, where can people find you if they want to follow you or learn more about you or anything like that? Yeah. Um, thank, well, one, thank you for having me. And if people want to follow me, um, my Instagram is at Brooklyn Seipel. 
I need to fix my website. So I'm going to throw my website out there. Um, yeah, just at Brooklyn Cycle, which is also my Twitter handle. Um, you can find me there. Perfect. I'll add that to the show notes as well. So anybody who wants to find you can check that out as well as your website. So awesome. <laughs> thank you again. Yeah, and um, we'll keep in touch. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I just wanted to go ahead and make a note um, to apologize for all of the audio issues. I know that this episode was a bit uh, difficult in terms of audio. We actually had um, an audio issue in the middle of the episode and we had to re-record the ending later on. So thank you guys so much for your patience and for listening. Also, I want to announce that our podcast is live on iTunes, so please, if you have any time, go ahead and tune in via the iTunes podcast app and leave us a review. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next one. Follow me on Instagram by searching for at geomonreal, and check out my blog on geomonreal.com. Want to be on the next episode? Send an email to lifeisatrippodcast at gmail.com. Music from purpleplanet.com.